Buenos dias from the Gothic Quarter. This is the Rorschach Argentina update. On the 19th of January, 2023, quick summary of what's going down in Argentina. As the feeling of hope and excitement that comes with the start of a new year begins to wear off, the economy becomes once again the center of the news cycle. The Index Statistics Bureau revealed this week that the annual inflation rate registered in 2022 was almost 95%, highest figure since 1991. This also represents a significant jump from the estimated out, the estimate outlined by the government's budget, which forecasts inflation rate between 50 and 60%. What's more, it's almost double the inflation rate for 2021, which stood at 51%. The causes of this are many, and we have discussed, but one thing is sure. The presidential elections approach, the government will have to go above and beyond to slow down inflation if they want to perform well. While the Argentine population is used to inflation, seeing one's spending power fall so abruptly is quite a disheartening experience. In conversations with Perfil, a weekly newspaper economy minister, Sergio Massa dived into the issue and his plan for 2023. You want to read the interview, the Buenos Aires Times news outlet published it in English. You want to check it out? It's in the show notes. Speaking of Massa, the minister accused the IMF of refusing to consider the impact of the war in Ukraine on Argentina's economy. More specifically, he said that while the country is fulfilling the program, the IMF is not fulfilling its commitment to review how they are going to compensate the countries that paid some of the costs of the war to the detriment of their economies. Also on the topic of price growth, the Energy Department gave more details on this year's segmented gas billing. Upper and middle income sectors will start to lose subsidies and will see an increase of around 30%. By upper income households, we're referring to those who see monthly earnings that exceed 510,000 pesos, which is about 1,500 US dollars. Problem with earnings, however, is that a large portion of the population doesn't declare them fully, either because they're in a situation of unregistered employment or because they work for international companies that pay them in foreign currencies or cryptocurrencies. In fact, a new proposed bill seeks to tackle that issue by encouraging residents to declare their cryptocurrency holdings using the inducement of discounted tax rates. The bill would require crypto holders to produce a sworn statement identifying the whereabouts of their holdings to the government, and in exchange, they would pay just a 2.5% tax on the capital gains of their crypto holdings. The bill will be tabled and discussed in the next parliamentary session, but it's highly unlikely that it will lure people into declaring their assets. Moving on, the government is still adamant to get four justices of the Supreme Court impeached. On Friday the 13th, the president formally summoned Congress and submitted a request to put the four justices on trial. The request calls for the Supreme Court members to testify before a congressional committee as the government submits proof that their rulings have been in favor of the opposition. Naturally, members of the largest opposition bloc, Together for Change, Juntos por el Cambio, rejected the initiative and have been accusing the government of attacking the Republican order. While the president is busy having a beef with the Supreme Court, Argentina's Secretariat of Agriculture, Livestock, and Fisheries announced on Friday the 13th that more than 20 beef processing plants had been approved for shipments to Mexico after a 20-year hiatus. Not long ago, Mexico opened its doors to Argentine corn. Now they join the European Union, China, Chile, and the United States, as well as Israel, among others as regular importers of Argentine beef. On that note about Israel, Argentina is among the 40 nations calling on Israel to lift the sanctions they imposed on Palestinians. A few weeks ago, the UN passed a resolution requiring an opinion from the International Court of Justice on the issue 
of Israeli occupation of Palestinian territories. In response, Israel announced a completely ridiculous and illegal series of financial sanctions against the Palestinian Authority to make them, quote, pay for pushing for the resolution. Now Argentina has joined an extensive list of countries that reject these punitive measures. What Argentina hasn't been rejecting, though, are the over 100 jiggers crossing from the Pacific Ocean into the Atlantic. These ships, which are mostly of Asian origin, are in South Atlantic waters to make the most out of the squid and elex season. Chilean maritime authorities are supposedly coordinating actions with the agencies of each of the fishing vessels to verify that no illegal fishing is taking place and to check on any possible contamination. Speaking of South Atlantic waters, two humanitarian flights between Argentina and the Malvinas, or Falklands, were carried out this week. One of them was bringing an Argentine national who required urgent surgery to Ushuaia, the other to carry a U.S. patient to Buenos Aires. Ever since the South Atlantic War, humanitarian cooperation has remained active between Argentina and the United Kingdom. So we're on the topic of unity. On Monday the 16th, the Argentinian government created a new unit to investigate and prevent environmental crimes. It's mainly aimed at those who deliberately destroy land for commercial purposes. But the unit seeks to detect all sorts of environmental crimes, whether they affect flora, fauna, soil, or maritime spaces. One of the issues they could tackle, for example, are the fires in Chubut province. Almost 60 people have been evacuated from their homes in the town of El Hoyo, while firefighters, both on foot and in helicopters, face the flames. Fire started in a vineyard area in a recreational part of El Hoyo. Intentionality is not ruled out, but another theory has been. It was initially suspected that the Mapuche resistance could have had something to do with the fires. An image had gone viral picturing uh, a piece of paper with the words liberation and Mapuche national reconstruction. We will not stop until Patagonia burns and we recover our territory. And quote, however, authorities dismissed it and said that it was an old pamphlet. Also on the topic of indigenous reconstruction, the former Bolivian president Evo Morales is planning to set up operational headquarters in Buenos Aires to consolidate his indigenous movement in the region. Cocoa growers from Peru, Ecuador, and Colombia have apparently been summoned to the opening, which will take place on the 23rd of January. Everything goes according to plan. Back to the issue of environmental needs, images, and videos of the opening of the floodgates at the Itaipu Dam were made waves during the weekend. Since the beginning of 2023, the lack of rains led the Paraná River to drop at least one meter, and some relief was needed for those living along its shores. In stark contrast, the heavy rains in the Misiones, Corrientes, and Entre Rios provinces, as well as southern Brazil, led to a significant amount of water being accumulated at the Itaipu Dam, and so it was decided to open its floodgates to protect the safety of the hydroelectric power plant. Before we go, there's an interesting exhibition in Buenos Aires that has been drawing the attention of foreigners and Argentinians alike, titled Nocturnos, or Nocturnals. The exhibition features photographs by Horacio Coppola that depict 1930s Buenos Aires. If you'd like to have a glimpse at what the Argentine capital looked like almost a century ago, you could stop by the Jorge Mara Gallery before the 28th of February. And, in case you can't make it, link in the show notes to the Guardian article that covers the exhibition. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining us. Let us know your thoughts and ideas or anything else you want to tell us by emailing us at argentina at rorschach.com 
Nos vemos la próxima semana.